So today on the Buttoned Up Podcast, we're joined by Leo Chan, content creator, men's travel and fashion influencer, and co-founder of Levitate Style. Leo, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Um, you have a really interesting story. I was actually listening to your interview on the Foreground Podcast, uh, but for anybody who just doesn't know anything about you, can you tell us like where you're from and what you were up to before Levitate Style? Yeah, sure. So I'm Leo Chan of Levitate Style. I am originally from Hong Kong. I was born and raised there, and my family and I moved to Queens in New York City when I was 10. So I'm an immigrant kid growing up in New York City, and uh, I think like most Asian kids, we had the pressure to go to college and have that American dream. So I went to university upstate New York in Buffalo, and there I studied accounting. So that's something that right off the bat, a lot of people are always surprised by. So I come from a business background, study accounting, because, you know, that was the thing. I was like, all right, you know, maybe I can get a job out of college with this. So that's what I was doing. I worked at Morgan Stanley and then Barclays Bank for five years. And while I was working there, I think kind of like from college year to working, like, you know, you always have to dress up for work and just learning how to wear suits and menswear. So that's kind of where the interests started how to always be on my best version of myself and from there that's kind of how like levitate style kind of started starting um you know i was always kind of like the best dressed guy at work and then instagram and blogs this was like five years ago so like instagram and blogs were starting to happen at the time my girlfriend was on instagram first you know, I was already on Facebook and all that stuff. And also, like, I did photography just as a hobby. And I was like, oh, mm -hmm. another platform, like, another thing to, like, share photos, I guess. But she was just like, hey, look at all these girl bloggers that are doing this. You're kind of doing this. Like, we're taking photos for fun. You know, you like a good outfit. You're like, hey, snap a good photo of me. So then kind of Levitate Style started as a way to show my love and passion for menswear and travel and photography while I was still working full time. Nice. And so but your your passion for kind of menswear and like I guess just your interest in like dressing well and men's fashion, you that started even before college, right? Like when you were interested in kind of sneakers and more of like the streetwear style yeah, in high school. Yeah. So before like menswear menswear, like as a high school kid in New York City, I think like most kids in New York City were all really into sneaker culture. So like mm. sneakerhead and like hype beast if you will that's the term um, so yeah mm -hmm. i was really into jordans because i played basketball growing up and sneaker was just a huge culture here um that's like the street style so for me like i've been into fashion in that sense um and also like i love basketball so i was watching the nba watching how like kobe Bryant, lebron james and what the, what they're wearing and stuff like that so that's like early on when it comes to fashion like expressing myself um showing people like what I liked, you know, just on the surface level. And were you also interested in travel early on, like in college? Were, were you and Alicia traveling or no, actually, professional? Traveling was a little bit, traveling was definitely after college. Like when we were college students, we didn't have money. Um, yeah. we, we both didn't come from money. So traveling was like when we moved to New York City and I started working at Morgan Stanley, um, I started having more vacation days. I started saving more money. And then I, I think like travel comes to the point where like, I think you can afford it and you can, you know, explore. Um, and so our first trip, we went to visit 
Italy. Um, so we did like Rome and Florence and just fell in love. Like it was just, just as much as the destination, but also like the experience of it. And that really opened my eyes to see like there's so much to see in the world, so much culture, so much history. And I think one, one of the things that really like clicked in my mind was just like exploring the Colosseum and seeing a lot of people, our grandparents age, like now they're finally seeing the world, but like they can barely get up the steps. And I'm just like, ooh, I do not want to wait until I'm so old to then experience the world. And so that kind of made me want to take advantage of my time, take advantage when I'm young to save up money and just kind of invest in these experiences as well. And and so when you started Levitate Style, uh, you were still working, obviously, but did you have uh, a very concrete plan or like a vision that it was going to become a business or was it more a side hustle? I think from the start, like the big dream, the big goal was to be full time. Um, I think the big dream was like everyone going into it at some point was like, oh, I'm going to be an overnight success. <laughs> and like, that's mm-hmm. definitely like what I thought, like, oh my goodness, I'm going to be boom. Um, but no, it doesn't work like that. Um, <laughs> and it's it's definitely like, it's good to just realize that like it's definitely a side hustle because you know like we were working out of a cafe every weekend like saturday sunday working in the cafe shooting content honestly like anytime we had after work we would be on google googling how to start a blog what's html was seo and then when we got started it was like after work we go to events to network to meet with people that worked in marketing and PR to a network with all the bloggers. And that kind of, that first year was just really like snowball effect of hustling, hustling after work. But yeah, from, from the start, the dream and the goal was to be full time to, I don't know, to be Insta famous, <laughs> to be big. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's definitely not an overnight thing. Um, it, it takes, it, looking back, it's like, wow, it, it took, it, it took a while. It, it takes a lot of time. Yeah. Thousands of hours, <laughs> right? That's the part that people don't see. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> Now, you, you told um, an interesting story, uh, and some people might know this, but about this round-the-world cruise where you worked with Plymouth Gin, and that was somewhat of a catalyst to go full-time. Can you just briefly explain that? Yeah, sure. So that's that's like a funny story where, you know, a, a, a lot of people ask me like, oh, how did you quit your job to do this full-time? Like, what made you quit? And that's, you know, that's usually the part that a lot of people were interested in, the steps that we got to the point where we're like, all right, we can quit our job. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people like, our story is not like most people. We really was just, I was still working. It was still the side hustle. And I was just applying to every opportunity that was available. And there was like a casting call for a content creator to be a brand ambassador and travel the world for five months. And me, my personality, I'm like, I'm going to shoot my shot. <laughs> you know, the worst thing, the worst thing is to no, know, but you have to at least give it a try. And so I applied and after like rounds and rounds of interviews and kind of showing my work, showing like what I can, you know, produce as a content creator. Um, yeah. So we got this project to travel the world for five months on a world cruise. And we ended up visiting, I think, 50 cities across 27 countries in five months. 
And wow. that was just the most incredible life experience. And it was around this time, four years ago already. It's crazy. It's just so much. So we got to see so much in such a short amount of time. And I would go back anytime. <laughs> Amazing. I, I, I have two questions about yeah. that. So one is, if you got that same offer now, would you take it? Because it, it was a, an all expenses paid, yeah. but not not a paid gig. So no. would you take it now? Um, I think I would still take it just because the trip was, I mean, like, we'll, we'll get into more of the business speak of this. Um, but the trip was like quarter one and into quarter two. So quarter one, I think across the board for most content creators is usually slower. And so like, mm -hmm. I don't mind taking this trip, you know, cause it's not as busy, uh, for work, mm -hmm. but also I just think like the amount of like life experience and I mean, it's just such a, it was just such a once a lifetime opportunity thing that like I would do it every year if I can. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's an incredible story. And my other question is if that hadn't happened, do you think you'd be on a slightly different path or or is where you are now, was it sort of inevitable? I think it was going to happen eventually, but I don't know how much of a push I would have needed because at the time it was still kind of slow. Like it, it was consistent, but like slow. Like I was getting sponsor work, a few sponsor projects uh, once a month. Um, mm. and so it was becoming regular and I was like, okay, you know, if I'm making this amount of money as a side hustle, how much can I make, you know, full time? So that was kind of like the conversation we were already thinking. So this kind of worked out to be like the perfect push to go all in, quit our jobs, travel, and then come back five months later. Yeah. I think, well, you, you <laughs> clearly made the right decision. <laughs> yeah, it, it worked out. <laughs> So when you when you launched, did you launch with like a blog, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, or did, were you just on the blog first or just on Instagram? So I was technically on Instagram first, and then but Instagram was more just like for fun. It wasn't like officially Levitate style. Um, I was posting just photography and like some modeling work then there just for fun. So then when it made it official, we had the blog. And this was five years ago already. Um, mm. It's crazy to even say that. But yeah, mm. so but we, we knew back then, like five years ago, every blogger had a blog. And mm -hmm. Instagram and blogs were kind of 50-50 effort. So that we knew from that point on that we had to have a blog that's kind of putting out all that content so it's not just Instagram. And then that way the blog was more like a credential in a way. So you have something mm. to show for that traditional media, you know, they can see a website versus, oh, you have a Instagram page. Um, so that's kind of how we started with. And is that still is that still kind of the, the split for you now? Like, do you still see the website as the same sort of complementary platform to Instagram or do you like, where do you spend most of your energy? I mean, it's, it's definitely changed a lot. I mean, Instagram even five years ago was so different. And I think that's something that as a content creator and as somebody that works in advertising in social media, right? Like we have to adapt with the changes. And so I think now I would say probably like 70% 75% effort on Instagram because that's really mm -hmm. like become the bread and butter for most influencers. And the blog has definitely taken a backseat just because like, to be honest, like not as many people read blogs anymore. 
Um, mm-hmm. So there's a lot of split effort from the remaining 25% in Pinterest and blog and now TikTok and mm-hmm. YouTube for me, we've been kind of going pretty consistently the past year. Um, but I think mm-hmm. still trying to find, you know, because like, YouTube is such a saturated space in that sense. So still trying to find a way to really find my niche and to really stand out um, just because it's so saturated. So it's understandable. But so far, I think that's that's the split. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, you, you guys have been doing a really good job with YouTube and like being consistent and putting out enough videos. And uh, I think there's still plenty of room there. I guess in my experience, I've seen a lot of crossover between Instagram and YouTube in terms of audience because they're both visual. Right. So a lot of it, a lot of people follow on Instagram will also follow on YouTube, but they might not go check out the blog because like you said, people just aren't reading as much anymore. Yeah, I, I think the initial reaction is like just learning how the platforms perform on its own and how they mm-hmm. really cross over. I feel like people on Instagram don't go to YouTube as often just because, I mean, Instagram is such a addicting app that people want to yeah. stay on there. And then if you go on YouTube, like, it's a whole other, it's almost like a whole other like generation and genre to go into YouTube. And then that's mm-hmm. kind of now the same thing with TikTok. Like, so now it's like playing around with TikTok and seeing how the conversion really goes. Um, and, but you have to like learn and adapt. Um, but I, I do see people from YouTube going to Instagram more. So it's just like learning like where the audience is and where people like to go across the platforms. Sure. Yeah. makes sense. So since Instagram is the biggest area of focus, I know you've talked about like the different waves of menswear influencers mm-hmm. over the years. What, what wave are we in now? Ooh. Um, I mean, I think we are definitely in a very maturing stage of Instagram. And I think it's interesting to see where this is going. Um, just cause like the past year, or two even, the growth of Instagram has become more steady. And so like, I, I get this question all the time, people asking like, how can I be an influencer? What can I do? What can I do? But you know, if influencer marketing, if your page is a business, so think about it as a business, right? Like how many Uber apps can there be out there, right? How, how many businesses can there be like that? So you have to be different and find that niche, right? And like be different. And it's becoming harder because there's so many accounts and so many pages. So I think now it becomes to the point where influencers themselves have to find other ways to grow and other ways to expand their reach or to talk about other things that they're passionate about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, one one of the ways that you were different was, first of all, you were a a guy, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and even five years ago, there weren't as many men on the platform compared to women. You were you didn't have a fashion background, no. you know. You were an accountant, and also you're an Asian man, and and I know that's like a big part yeah, of your mission was to yeah. kind of represent and portray Asian men in, in a positive light. So, do you think that is that still? Would you still take that same approach for niching down, or would you get even more specific? Yeah, so I mean that's a great point you brought up. That was the same kind of like marketing strategy five years ago, and it's still it's true today for me. Um, yeah, so like five years ago, there's really only like a handful of menswear bloggers. Um, and I remember I was able to like count them out and, you know, kind of like study what they're doing, how they're, how they're shooting their content, how they're posing, how they're posting them. 
and just like analyzing like that's kind of like the business background of me mm-hmm. and yeah like and and when i noticed that there were not really another asian guy doing this and specifically in menswear and then also with my background of just like noticing that there's never asian guys in gq magazine and uh tv show movies catalogs like fashion right just look at fashion like you don't really see asian guys and so mm-hmm. that's another reason why i wanted to do levitate style and i i think in that sense there's still room to grow in that way because as an asian guy there's still not that many of us out there doing this and so mm-hmm. there could be room to grow but you really have to understand your market because it's one thing to be in new york city it's another thing to be in la it's another thing to be in chicago so i think like geographically also matters a lot in terms of growing your audience and networking and like events opportunities and things like that and i think there's still room because a lot of the times when i go to these events a lot of times when i'm doing these projects i'm still one of the only asian face that is in the room or that is working on that project and so for me like beyond the content creation beyond just as an influencer like i understand that there's a bigger value of me putting myself out there because I know I'm representing like a whole community, a whole race being in those rooms. Yeah. And you've done a great job. I mean, you've been in GQ, you know, so you, appreciate it. <laughs> literally putting Asian men, you know, on, on the map, which is, which is awesome. And I, I totally agree with the niching. You know, when I, when I first started, I, I was focusing specifically on height. So I was like, all right, there's all these blogs out there, but I can't buy those same clothes mm-hmm. because the pants are too long, you know, and, and the jacket sleeves are too long. So for me, I have to tell people that um, when you niche down like that, you're not limiting yourself because once you get an audience, you can talk about anything you want, but it kind of helps you get that audience when you first get started. No, that's amazing what you've done yeah. because like in a way on the surface level, when you're comparing yourself to other people, right? Like you can easily be like, oh, that's my weakness. The perceived weakness could be your strength and you can use that as your niche, right? And so like you just really have to <laughs> look inside and around yourself and figure out what makes you different good or bad Mm -hmm. per se and like and like work on marketing that part right because there's definitely other people out there and that's what i love about social media because same thing as height and same thing as appearances and same thing as race like you think you're the only one but then there's so many people out there that feel familiar and they feel similar to you and like that's why social media is great because then it connects people around the world together like that so true. Yeah. And, and before social media, before the internet, that was impossible to, to build that kind of community, no, you know? Definitely not. It's crazy. So speaking of, of, of community, you've built a huge audience now um, on Instagram, but also, you know, across, across the web. Obviously, once you have an audience, that's the hard part. Then you have to monetize it, you know, mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of different ways to do that. Are, is, is your business model mostly brand deals? Yeah. So I'll say... I would say most of them is the sponsor ads that people see, like mm. the sponsor content. But that also breaks up into different types of sponsor content because a lot of people, most of the time, they see the the photos, the posts, and now we've expanded into IG stories. And I'd say even like thirty percent of our work has now been to promote events. So say. Like recently, like we've been working with Lincoln a lot. And so they're having a lot of car launch events or they're doing community events where they partner up with this neighborhood, like Pure 17. So different things like ice skating event or like they're promoting different things, right? So it's cool to work with a brand on different types of projects. So it's not just 
the photo, but it's also like attending their events that they're specializing and they're promoting something special for like the holidays per se. Got it. And and when you're partnering with these, because these are, you know, big brands mm-hmm. that you're working with, are you going through agencies or, or dedicated managers or are you, are you doing all of that backend stuff yourself? Uh, so I'm lucky enough to have a manager for the past few years now. Um, so they're able to help with negotiating contracts, just like making sure like this is very business. So like all the terms, usage rights, um, for example, like if the photo I shot for them, if it's going to be blown up, you know, in Times Square, you know, those are all very different, right? So just making sure mm-hmm. like legal reasons and usage rights and then things like deliverables. So like how many posts, how many stories, how long are you supposed to be at the event? All those things. So there's so much more behind influencer marketing than just what people see. There's yeah. all the business side of it. So yeah, I have a manager, I have a whole team that helps me with that. Awesome. Yeah. I feel like we're still kind of in the wild west of this industry <laughs> where like pricing is all over the place. Like, do, do you find that it's getting more consistent from one brand to, to the next? Or do you find that, you know, brands still have different ideas of, of what, uh, I guess, how valuable your work is? I think it's becoming to the point where it's definitely consistent. So I think mm-hmm. across the board is your impression, your engagement rate, your follower count, and those are pretty consistent, kind of like the base rate. Mm-hmm. And then from there, what changes is if a brand really is low on budget, but you still like the brand and you're like, listen, I like this brand, maybe next year they'll have more budget, so you don't mind you know, taking a pay cut and do a little bit lower, mm-hmm. or this brand wants exclusivity. So, you know, if they're like, oh, I don't want you to wear this brand or this category the next month, you know, exclusivity means that you're not allowed to work with those brands. So they're kind of paying on top. So you're not working with them, you know, and then, so it all depends on all the different things brand wants. It's not, it's never just like every brand wants exactly the same thing and is exactly the same, right? Um, and I think that's mm-hmm. something also like content creator has in a way struggle with because like there's not every project is the same and like there is inconsistency with the rates in in that sense so like everything is always different is is it to the point i guess with your business that you you can have a pretty good idea of you know what's coming in each month or how, how the how the year will be overall or is it is it still um kind of up in the air and varies from from one month to the next um I will say it's pretty consistent monthly. Um, like we don't have to worry about when the next paycheck is or when the next project is going to come. But it's you know it's you you just never know you know just because like that is I guess that's like the bad side of influencer marketing because you never know. You know it's not like mm-hmm. it's unless it's like a project that's signed off for the entire year and like unless I'm a brand ambassador for the entire year. But like sometimes you just never know. So you wanna. You know, you just got to have a lot of faith in in your work and what you do. And um, chances are your numbers from last year should be consistent because chances are I've done quality work for the brands and they like it and they want to continue. And we have the same uh, brand image, like we have the same values. And so chances are those are the same. But thankfully, the past few years, we've been able to grow at a pretty good rate, you know. So hoping next year we're growing more um, and to build on top of the success. Nice. And are there any brands that you haven't worked with yet, but that you would absolutely love to? Oh, I mean, like dream brand, dream brand wise, like 
I mean, I would love to work with Jordan. I would love to work with Nike just because mm -hmm. like, you know, I, I grew up wearing Nike and Jordans and they're obviously a huge part of hip hop culture. You know, I mean, they're, they're a huge part of culture now, you know, like from everything from the World Cup to the NBA to fashion, you know, and I think like for me throughout the years of like wearing menswear and also loving street style and loving basketball, like I want to be able to mash it all up together and have that like mm -hmm. real personal style. Um, so I would love to be able to work with them on something more leaning more towards menswear side of things. So that would be cool. Yeah. I mean, like that's definitely like one of my biggest, like it would be cool to have my own collab. That would be like mm -hmm. the dream. That'd be awesome. Have you thought about, uh, you know, doing your own product lines or I guess on one side you have collaborating with brands and the other side you have your actual, you know, your own in-house stuff. That is something I've been thinking about, but, um, to be honest, I just don't know where to start. Like I didn't come from mm -hmm. a fashion background, so I don't even know where to begin with, I don't know, suppliers or warehouse wholesale. I'm just throwing out terms out there, but that's something <laughs> that like, you know, that's something that I've definitely been thinking about because, um, over the years too, like I've been customizing some pieces that I wear a lot, like a denim jacket and like a hoodie that I always wear. And now I put like levitate on it. And whenever people see it, they're like, Ooh, I want one of those. And I'm like, that's <laughs> awesome. But like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know where to start making these and something, but that's definitely something I want to do in the future. Cool. Cool. And now when, when you say we, of course you, uh, you run levitate style, uh, full-time with your girlfriend, Alicia, and you went into it together, right? So you hear a lot of stories about people who kind of maybe partnered with their, their significant other down the road, but you guys actually started it together. So, you know, is that something that you would recommend, like kind of having a partner going into this? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I started Love Style with my girlfriend, Alicia, and she's basically my photographer, videographer, and everything else. Like we it's just the two of us we tag team we handle everything together um yeah i mean like from the start it's great because we both have our strengths and weaknesses and so while i was thinking more the big picture and the creative stuff when it comes to like photography uh, like outfits ideas she was more interested in how to build the website the html seo the more like technical analytical stuff so it's nice to have the balance between the two so we work on our strengths and not you know, crossing over, trying to fix our weaknesses. And I think it's great because working together with a partner then is consistent and you both keep each other accountable and motivated. And the best part is that when we're traveling for work, we're traveling together. And like, it has like a really good work-life balance because it is work, but then it just feels like we're hanging out and, you know, like there's, there's a good balance of time where we can hang out and work, hang out and work, even when we're traveling. So that's been nice. That's awesome. And and how do you, like when you're traveling, for example, it, I know if you're traveling for work, you're mostly working, but even when you're just traveling for vacation, um, do you, do you ever struggle with, especially with like Instagram stories, like feeling the need to document everything versus just enjoying a moment without documenting it? Yeah, definitely. And like, I think especially when it's like, I'm in a country where my data, my Wi-Fi is not really strong. So like I'm not constantly insta-storing. So I'll end mm -hmm. up just like capturing moments on the phone, like a photo or video. And then at the end of the day, I'll just post all of them. Um, mm -hmm. Versus like 
I, I think that way is best to really be in the moment to enjoy it, just capture things that you like and then post about it later. So you're not like constantly on the phone, like posting live updates every five minutes. Mm -hmm. And then like, I think over the years too, um, I think it helps to do a lot of research before you go to a city. So say like Amsterdam, Paris, like I do the research of like, oh, these are the best spots that we should visit. These are the best spots for photos. And once you know those spots for your photos, you kind of just nail that down. You get your shot, you know, 10 minutes, and then you can go on and like explore the museum and not have to think about taking photos every five minutes or constantly looking for a photo spot. And I think that's a better balance of working, you know, work and play. So you get your shot, get the content, and then go and enjoy, eat, and do all the fun stuff. Yeah. I mean, obviously like social media, like addiction and phone addiction is like a huge topic of conversation these days. Do you, since you, it's your um, industry, do you feel the pull of that at all? Is that something you've ever struggled with or are you kind of okay with it? Yeah. So like on Instagram, I started putting the, the time reminder thing. So there's an option. Um, so I put like two hours and I do notice that like once it pops up, I'm like, Oh, okay. That's like, chill from here on um <laughs> and i think like as as a content creator because like you're more on the you know because you're creating content on that other side of instagram basically i feel like i'm more on the platform just to post and i try not to consume as much or at least like just certain times when i'm taking a break from something i'll do it or like if i'm working out like during my rest i'll like check the app real quick um so not like I don't really just sit there for an hour just you know scrolling but like if i'm posting something like once in a while I'll, throughout the day i'll i'll check it just to see what people are up to but i, I think it's important to have that balance yeah makes sense we have a series of rapid fire questions okay. that um you haven't prepared for but no, that we'd like to not. ask you <laughs> real quick sure. just one one two word answers okay. um all right here we go uh, oxfords or brogues oh Brooks. Brooks. Okay. Yeah. Loafers or sneakers? Oh, <laughs> that's really tough. Whew. Damn. I'll go with loafers for this one. Not going to lie. I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Uh, <laughs> All right. That's documented. Um, <laughs> spring, summer, or fall, winter in terms of style? Ooh, fall, winter. Nice. Jeans, chinos, or trousers? See, like when you ask like that, I'm already thinking about five different ways to style each thing. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, oof. If you had to wear one for the rest of your jeans, life. Jeans. <laughs> jeans. Yeah. Okay, nice. Uh, morning shower or evening shower? Oh, man. <laughs> like trying to think. My schedule is all over the place. Um, morning. Morning shower. Morning shower. Okay. Do you work out in the morning or do you work out? I do out, work out in the uh, morning. Okay. So after you work yeah, out, you take yeah. a shower. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Not notch lapels or peak lapels? Peak. Peak lapels. Yeah. Uh, Navy or charcoal? Navy. Navy. Okay. And last question. You're taking that morning shower. You got a big day. You're trying to get pumped up. What song are you playing? Oh, wow. <laughs> you see, like, I only, I honestly only listen to music when I'm working out. And it's like a mix mm. of like Jay-Z and Kanye. So it's just a mix of that. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll take it. We'll take it. Cool, man. Well, yeah, you, you survived rapid All fire. Right. Um, yeah, we, we appreciate having you on. What, just last question. What are you like really excited about for the next like six months for Levitate Style? Um, you know, just excited to 
keep growing and trying to find ways to grow. Um, and, you know, like you mentioned earlier, I want to be able to represent the Asian community more and more. So I'm always trying to find ways to have podcasts like this and speaking and just kind of broaden my horizon and like reach more audiences out there um, to tell my story. So, you know, and uh, the most upcoming thing will be in LA for a few weeks coming soon. So just working out there with some YouTubers, shoot some videos and just do some work out there. So we'll see. Nice. Who are you working with out there? Um, you know, probably just hang out with Jens Lounge and then uh, oh, these yeah. other guys on YouTube, Funk Bros. Um, so they do a lot of like Asian American stuff out there. So yeah. Cool. So if people want to, are you going to do any meetups or anything out there? Uh, not right now. No plans yet, but it could happen. Usually last minute. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, people can follow along at Levitate Style and stay up to date with everything you have going on. Awesome. Thank you. Cool, man. We'll, we'll have to catch up with you uh, in six or 12 months and uh, and see what's going on. But yeah, thanks for coming on the show and, and good luck with everything in 2020. Thanks for having me.